I'm going to need two claps and a Ric Flair. Yeah, you guys, I don't even have to redo it. That was a good one. So we're excited to be back tonight. Tonight we are kicking off a brand new series called All the Gospel. Say it with me again. All yeah, all right. All the gospel. And uh, it's going to be a really good night. So I want you I want you guys to see this because I found this today and I'm really excited to show this to you guys. I looked up. You guys ever heard of Webster? Well, he has a dictionary and and Webster's dictionary defines the word gospel as this. It says the teaching or revelation of Christ. And then the second part, it says, a set of principles or beliefs. And I left my notes in there again, because this is my favorite one. A thing that is absolutely true. I love that. I love that the gospel of Jesus is absolute. It's not just, oh, it's true, it's good. No, it says it's absolutely true. It says there's no doubt about it that it's absolutely true. And that's what we believe. If you're in this room and you say that you are a follower of Jesus, then you're saying this right here, not just parts of it, not just a little bit, but the whole thing is absolutely true. And so if you brought that Bible tonight, we're going to be looking in the book of John. We're going to start in chapter 20. Um, and if you're here tonight and... and um, it's you need to know that it's not just when we're talking about the gospel, it's not just the love part of the gospel that we like, because we always like the love stuff. How many of you guys like chick flicks? Yeah, yeah okay. <laughs> Luke really likes the chick flicks. It's not just the love part. It's not just the joy part of the gospel of the Bible that's absolutely true, but it's also the hope part that's absolutely true. It's also God's plan and his hope and his future for you that is absolutely true and so, so much more. So if you got your Bible tonight, we're going to the book of John and we're going to be, we're going to be reading a, a decent little portion of scripture here, but you'll see here in a few moments how it, it correlates, how it goes along with what we're talking about tonight. So I'm going to read because um, I got to hurry. So says this, we're going to start, I'm sorry, John 20, verse 19. It says, that Sunday evening, the disciples were meeting behind locked doors because they were afraid of the Jewish leaders. Suddenly, Jesus was standing there among them. He said, peace be with you. As he spoke, he showed them the wounds in his hands and his side. By the way, this took place after Jesus was beaten, crucified, killed, buried, raised again. And he shows up in this room, and, he, and these guys are freaking out. We talked about this a few weeks ago, and he shows up, and Jesus says, peace. And then he said, um, verse 20, as he spoke, he showed them the wounds in his hands and his side. They were filled with joy when they saw the Lord. And again, he said, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I'm sending you. And then he breathed on, him, on them, and he said, receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sins, they're forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they're not forgiven. One of the 12 disciples, Thomas, nicknamed the twin, was not with the others when Jesus came. And they told him, we have seen the Lord. But he replied, I won't believe it unless I see the nail wounds in his hands and I put my fingers into them and I place my hand into the wound on his side. Eight days later, the disciples were together again. And at this time, Thomas was with them. The doors were locked just like the first time, 
But suddenly, as before, Jesus was right there among them. And he said once again, peace be with you. And then he said to Thomas, put your fingers here. Look at my hands. Put your hand into the wound on my side. Don't be faithless any longer. Believe. My Lord, my God, Thomas exclaimed. Then Jesus told him, you believe because you've seen me. Blessed are those who believe without seeing me. And the disciples saw Jesus do many miraculous signs in addition to the ones recorded in this book. Last verse, verse 31. But, but these are written so that you may continue to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and, by, and that by believing in him, you will have life by the power of his name. I just, I just feel like I need to pray after that. Let's do that, Jesus. I love you. I thank you for your power. I thank you for your, your, your wonder. I thank you for your grace, for your glory, for everything that you are. God, I pray that right now in this room that you would fill this room with your Holy Spirit and we would feel your presence right now in this place, in this room. God, I pray that you would guide our words, guide my words tonight, guide our small groups tonight, that they will all be directed towards you. We thank you, Jesus. We love you. Um, who in this room likes cereal? Any cereal eaters in the room? Like someone yell out your favorite cereal. Uh-huh. My, my favorite first two were shouted out, were like the first two that I heard. Cinnamon Toast Crunch and Lucky Charms. Who, who in the room is Lucky Charms people? Who in the room is Cinnamon Toast Crunch people? Are there any other cereals? Captain Crunch, Fruity Pebbles. I, I do like Fruity Pebbles. You guys ever had the chocolate, Choco, Chocolate Pebbles, Chocolate Fruity? No, those are good. Oh, do you know what's good after you have the chocolate Fruity Pebbles to drink the chocolate milk afterwards? No, 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 it's good stuff. So, girl, man, Reese's Puffs. All right, so hey, listen, listen. Have you ever done this? Listen, have you ever done this? Maybe you've gotten up in the morning and maybe you've gone to the fridge or to the pantry, wherever you go to get your your cereal. You get out your good, nice bowl because you're prepared to feast on some some, uh, Lucky Charms and... And then you get it all set up, you get the cereal poured out, and you get, you get your bowl there, and then you get the milk. You get the carton of milk out, and you're so ready to eat this wonderful cereal. You start to pour the milk in, and you find out that the milk is bad. Like chunks start coming out of the milk carton. Does that make anybody sick? Does that gross anybody out? Anybody like goat's milk in the room? Rachel does. So here's the deal. Years ago, years ago, this happened. I was making myself, I was making myself a bowl of cereal. And so I got out my bowl, got the cabinet, got out my Lucky Charms because Lucky Charms are the best cereal. Can I get an amen? Uh Uh-huh. Oh, by the way, did you guys know that on Amazon, you can purchase a whole bag of just the marshmallows? Praise the Lord and shout the devil down. Come on. Now, I'm not joking with you. So anyways, wait, listen, I got to hurry. I got to hurry. Anyways, I got the bowl. 
I got the cereal in the bowl, and I get out the milk, and I proceed to pour the milk into the bowl, and not even paying attention what was coming out of the milk carton, and or or the smell of what was coming out of the milk carton, and I get my spoon, get a big spoonful, and it wasn't just like the little bitty teaspoon, like it was the fatter spoon. Get a big and like, like I open up, put a big old spoonful of cereal in my mouth. And immediately, I was like, something's wrong here. I don't know what it is. And like, so I lean over and I smell the bowl. Have you guys ever smelled sour milk? It smells like middle school boy. No joke. Oh, I'm sorry. No, I'm sorry. No, but it smells so gross, so bad. Like, it's the worst. I was so upset that a whole bowl of marshmallowy goodness was ruined. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, like, like I, seriously, have any of you guys ever opened that, poured out that milk, and it was just like chunks? It was like cottage cheese coming out. Anybody ever? No? All right. But here's the deal. Here's the thing about milk. Here's the thing about milk. Milk has a shelf life to it. It can only last. It's only good for so long. It's only good until the expiration date or a day or two after. Well, tonight I came to remind you, and I'm here to remind you, that the good news of Jesus has no expiration date. It's still good, and it always will be. So tonight I want to preach a message called, It's Still Good. Can someone say that with me? Say, It's Still Good. Say it again, It's Still Good. So tonight, real quick, I want to give you three real quick things that the gospel is still good for. The first thing is this, it's good for your past. It's good for your past. I want to read this real quick. Um, verse, verse 23 that we just read, it says this. If you forgive anyone's sins, they're forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they're not forgiven. See, the gospel is still good. Is, is there anyone in this room who's thankful that your past does not define you? It does not define who you are. Because here's the promise. It doesn't matter what your, your past looks like. As long as you've changed from it, as long as you've got forgiveness from God, you've asked for repentance from God, and you're moving forward away from those ways. Uh, and, 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 and his forgiveness is so good. So this passage implies that forgiveness of our past is possible through Jesus Christ. I want to read you this real quick. Romans 6, 22 and 23, it says this. But now that you've found, you don't have to listen to... And I love this. This is the message translation. It says this. But now that you've found that you don't have to listen to ten, ten, sin tell you what to do, and you've discovered the delight of listening to God telling you, what a surprise. A whole, healed, put-together life right now, with more and more life on the way. Work hard for your sin your whole life, and your pension is death. But God's gift is real life, eternal life, delivered by Jesus, our master. Believing gives new life in Jesus rather than death from the old life that brings sin. Somebody say, it's still good. All right, the second thing, it's still good for, it's good for your past. The second thing is it's good for your present. Oh, guess where I'm going? 
read verse, I'm going to read verse 19 and 20 real fast. It says this, it says that Sunday evening, the disciples were meeting behind locked doors because they were afraid of the Jewish leaders. Suddenly, Jesus was standing there among them. He said this, he said, peace be with you. In the presence of Jesus, you'll find peace. He said, peace be with you. And then he said, as he spoke, he showed them the wounds in his hands and, and in his side, and they were filled with what? What's that say? Is it not? Oh, oh my goodness. It's not up there. Okay, they were filled with joy. So in Jesus' presence, you'll find peace and you'll find joy. It's good for your presence. See, when Jesus in your, is in your presence, when, I'm sorry, when you're in the presence of Jesus in your life right now, there comes joy. There comes peace. There's a peace that comes on your life when Jesus is allowed to be in your life and allowed to change your life. See, there's a confidence in who Jesus is, but in who we are in him. There's a confidence that we can have. Let's be honest. Like if, if you had a, a front row, if you had a front row to watch the beatings that Jesus took, if you had a front row seat to just stand there and to see that take place, him to be beat beyond what a human being should look like. If you had a front row seat to, to watch that, if you had a front row seat to sit there and watch the nails being driven through his hands and through his feet on the cross, it, and, and then if you had a front row seat to watch the crown of thorns, have you guys ever seen thorns? You know what that's like? It's not like little stickers. It's the big thorns, and they were smashed into his head. If you had a front row seat to watch that, if you had a front row seat to see Jesus hanging there on a cross, spread out with nails in his hands and his feet, wounds gushing open, a crown of thorns on his head, if you could see all of that, your response would, if, if, if you, and you knew that he claimed to be a follower of Jesus, or he, I'm sorry, he claimed to be the, the savior of the world, And if you saw all that, you had a front row seat to see all of that, and you knew his claims, and then you saw him hanging there on the cross, would you believe it? No, because if, hey, if you're the savior of the world, get yourself off that cross. If if you've saved everything, if you've destroyed, if you can beat everything, get yourself off that cross, Jesus. But here's the thing. He did. He, he, and he, he not only got off of that cross, but he was, he was taken. He, he was murdered. He was killed, and he was put in a tomb, and he was buried for three days. And they thought he was dead and gone, but he came back to life, and he still lives today. I, I can't put my confidence in Muhammad. I can't put my confidence in Buddha. I can't put my confidence in Joseph Smith. These guys all died, and they never left the grave. But Jesus is alive today, and he did it all for you. See, if Jesus can do that, then he can change your life right here, right now, in this place, if you choose to let him do that. He's not just something of the past. He's something of our present. He's everything of our present. Somebody say, it's still good. good. And then the last thing is this. It's good for your future. Oh, yeah, you guessed where I was going. Verse 21, it says this, again he said, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, 
so I am sending you. And then he breathes on them and he said, receive the Holy Spirit. See, here in a few weeks, we're going to be talking about the Holy Spirit. And we're going to be talking about that experience, and we're going to be talking about the experience of the Holy Spirit. But I want you to hear that one sentence, though, before that. It says, though, as the Father has sent me, I'm sending you. Jesus is saying, as as God sent Jesus, Jesus is now turning and looking at us, looking at his followers, and saying, and now, just like my dad sent me, I'm sending you. Just like God sent me, I'm sending you. What's your future look like with Jesus? I mean, we, we've, maybe we've seen him in our past, and maybe we've seen him at times in our present, but what's your future look like with Jesus? Do you see that? Are, are you looking for that? Are you looking to experience that, to know what that's like? Maybe tonight you need to find and you need to trust Jesus in your present before you can believe him in your future. But I can tell you tonight that years ago, when I chose to give Jesus my present, my right now, my this moment right here, and allow him to forgive my past, he set me up for a great future. See, when you give, your, when you give him those things, you're right now, and then he takes away, he forgives you of your past. He'll set you up with a great future. When he gives you a future, he gives you a purpose. And so there's a purpose that comes with it. Places for you to go. He said, I'm sending you. He said, he's got a work for us to do. He's got a place for us to go. He's got things for us to do. He doesn't just say now, hey, here you are. You said a prayer. You're good. You can just chill forever. No, he he said, we got a job to do. We got things to do. And he's got things for us to do. Someone say, it's still good. Kind of in part of kind of our conversation tonight, we talked about uh, the Bible, the gospel, uh, and the good news of it. And, and, and the Bible may seem like old news. And it may seem like an old book with old stories. And it may seem like that. But who got to decide that old news is bad news? Who made that up? Who thought the old news was bad news? Because it's not. See, the enemy wants you to believe that just because the gospel of Jesus, listen please, just because the gospel of Jesus is old news, the enemy wants you to believe that it must not be good news. But you see, the gospel, just like we talked about the milk, the gospel doesn't have a shelf life. It doesn't have a, it's good, it's good all the time. It doesn't have a shelf life. It's still good. I want to tell you real quick before we sing um, about the gospel. So what exactly is the good news? I want to show you right here on the screen. You see on the left side, it it spells out gospel. This is the good news right here. It says that God created us to be with him. It says that our sins separated us from God. It says that sin cannot be erased by our good deeds. Sometimes we try to make up our sin by good things that we do, but it doesn't work that way. Paying the price for sin, Jesus died and he rose again. And then everyone who trusts in him alone has eternal life. And then L, life with Jesus starts now and it lasts forever. That's the gospel. 
That's the gospel. That's what it is. That's the gospel. I don't, you, can, you can take a picture of that if you want to. You can have that and remember it forever. But that right there, that tells you what the gospel is. And tonight, you have the opportunity to accept, to find and accept that good news of Jesus. The gospel of Jesus, the good news and the truth for your life. 